1: discounts not available in all states and situations
2: there's no place to escape to this is the last oh,
1: on the left <laughs> right your that's when the cannibalism started what was that oh, so natalie wanted to see the devils right because we were sitting there I was just like, you gotta see this this thing's wild and we we as we started it she was like I wonder why it was banned she was like, Ken Russell's not a toucher right <laughs> and I was like, I don't think he's a toucher I no. don't think he did any gripping I don't
0: think so no the the devil's the movie that is of course uh yes yeah, it's uh it's the movie based off the book The Devils of Ludon, yeah.
1: But I don't think Ken Russell was doing any I don't with any, think like, so. children. No. No. Right? No. I mean, no. it was the 70s, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna, like, I have no idea what happened in the 1970s. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. I have no I clue. Don't know. <laughs> um, but there's a scene where, so we're watching it, and all of a sudden it cuts to this fantasy scene where Oliver Reed as Jesus Christ, mm. and he's fucking nailed to the cross, and he's making these like oh, 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 oh and it, weird like sex noises, like right. fighting against the nails, and he's visibly hammered throughout this whole movie. Of course, he pulls himself off the nails, and then the, the main nun comes up to him. Shh, they start fucking hard, making out like you know when you see people's teeth hit, Ooh. where it's just like slap at each other, and he's full Jesus regalia, and I'm just like oh. She starts going fucking south, right? And we're both like, oh my god, she's just about to fucking start blowing Jesus Christ, right? But then she sticks her tongue in his side wound and just goes <laughs> this is fucking dude kind of lingy on it. And I almost like, Happy Easter To our family
0: Absolutely Well that's not healthy at all And of course if you do watch that movie Oliver Reed looks exactly like Jack Black From Nacho Libre Which is quite bizarre I don't know why they did that But hey everyone Welcome to the last podcast On the left I am Ben Kissel Staring at the beautiful teeth and face of Marcus Parks. Thank you, Ben. And we have the recently honeymooned Henry Zebrowski in beautiful sunny Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have no idea how powerful this movie The Devils is. um, It uh, is
1: bonerific. That's the only way I could really describe it. Bonerific in a way that is so deeply satanic that it's just such a celebration of nuns' bush hair. Man.
0: Well, it sounds <laughs> like it, and uh, Rotten uh, Tomatoes gave it 75%. Not bad.
1: Nothing but trouble
0: is <laughs> still at
1: 7%, <laughs> and this is rocking 75%. Well, it's because nothing but trouble only has little devil, which uh, and and the devils has the big devil. And there's one scene where this fucking there's a nun straddling a candle, jerking it (laughs) off, right? Like she's like trying to make it come. But and then this is in real life; these are actors too, because this is in the '70s, so these are real people doing it. She's licking the flame of the candle as she goes, and I was like, I want to go to a party with this woman.
0: Well, it sounds like a fire hazard. It sounds like a great white concert's <laughs> about to go down and everyone's going to die in a bar that's burning. Uh, Roger one. Ebert, just quickly here, he made a review. He wrote a review about this movie, and this is a quote from Roger Ebert's review. He says, I don't know about anyone else, but frankly, I left the cinema theater feeling like a new, a different, and yes, a better person. He goes on to say, the poisons of our political system had been drained from me. So as yep. Henry had an erection, evidently Roger Ebert like, had a spiritual experience where he just saw them grinding on Jesus Christ, who looked like an alcoholic, and was like, now I understand capitalism.
1: What's no, going dude. on? He came his khakis watching it, and I can also hear him right after saying, "I have an absolutely jaw jawing experience. Oh, that's sad. All
2: right.
0: Well,
1: let's get on to
3: part two of The Devils of Ludon. So when we last left Urbane Grandier, is it Grandier or Grandier? I think it's
1: Grandier.
3: Grandier. I'm going
1: to go with the liquor on this one. Grandier. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so when we last left Urbain, the conspiratorial cabal of enemies made up of people he'd pissed off throughout his time as parish priest of Loudon, were doing their damnedest to bring charges of witchcraft against the parson.
1: Man, he got so many of these creepazoids fucking mad. They're all creepazoids. When you look at all all of the different, the, the coterie of different type of French cross-eyed Psychopath that he made upset?
0: (laughs) Yeah, creepazoids indeed. I don't stand
1: them. Very good, thank you. Well, wait a second, are you a 16-year-old girl with baby (laughs) bangs? Yeef, I heard yeef is another one they're saying. Yeef Yeef sounds like when I accidentally see your car crash. That's (laughs) the sound I make. You can use it then.
3: But as Huxley points out, it's important at this juncture to get a sense of exactly what the legal statutes behind witchcraft in the early 17th century actually were, at least in a broad European sense. Back then, a witch was legally defined in England as, quote, a person who hath conference with the devil to consult with him or to do some act. So you're a witch, either if you kill a
1: priest in the name of Satan, (laughs) or if you order a pizza in the name
0: of saint <laughs> interesting
1: anything any any uh,
0: relationship at all a conference with the devil just a conference so even if you did like a skype
1: conversation Oh, castle man wow wow but before
3: 1604 that person could only be executed for being a witch if they'd been using witchcraft for the purposes of physically harming another person mm. But after the Witchcraft Act of 1604, anyone who invoked evil spirits or communed with familiar spirits, such as imps, demons or fairies, were required to be executed. And much of Europe followed suit, at least legally. I I also think it's I
1: think it's interesting that the they had to come up with like. The legal basis, yeah, for, I know for, for for getting them. That all of this bullshit, all of this, like going after essentially the coolest, grooviest, smartest, most modern people of the era and burning them to death. Like you still had to like find them guilty in a court of law. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's a process here. Yeah, there is, it's not just totally <laughs> insane. It's not just people rationalizing their completely bat shit crazy ideas. It's legal. This is a fun time for politics, though. The witchcraft, the witchcraft <laughs> act. You disgust me. That
1: is very fun. You, all of this politics is sports. Is this where the <laughs> shit came from?
3: <laughs> but of course, witch hunting was nothing new when Urbain Grandier was accused in 1634. It had partly been kept. Alive by the publication of a book that had been written almost 150 years before. The Malleus Maleficarum, a.k.a. The Hammer of Witches.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fucking great fucking slog rock album title, but it's not as metal, because this was used to kill a lot of fucking chicks with their tits out, and guys that got a bunch of people mad because they were being too funny. Did
0: people... <laughs> did people know they were being so cool like when it comes to like hammer of witches like did they know that could be a hot topic shirt in
1: 500 years like did they realize that they were the true goths of our of our civilization they i i think that packaging was a part of it they understood that the message was being like it has to be scary the malleus maleficarum was a thick ass book too mm. like you could not only get a punishment for witch out of it, but you could also just fucking hit her in the uterus with it. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. Maybe it was covered in
3: human skin. Oh, no, It was not no. bound it, in human flesh. Uh, no, because no that it's would not a book it... of shadows. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> now, as we've mentioned before, the Malleus Maleficarum was a kind of guidebook for hunting, prosecuting, and executing witches. Although it was not an official church document, it was still seen as credible by many, partly because it was written by a Catholic clergyman even though the church had quote-unquote officially discredited it mm.
1: yeah like they officially discredit sucking little boys penises but the habit keeps up
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't that interesting <laughs> the
0: the pope kiss kisses people's feet yeah. i saw him do that oh, so, yeah, yeah i
1: watched him lick between them all yeah. the toes He's like, blah, blah, being like how old are you 16 <laughs> yeah. wonderful oh my <laughs>
3: goodness Until the late 17th century, inquisitors and magistrates were still inspecting people for superfluous nipples, or (laughs) as they called them little teats
1: that's what they called me in day in day camp when they pushed me down and and took the towel off me and made fun of my penis yeah little teats that's kind of cute it's like land
0: before time yeah. but if everyone if, if no one was a dinosaur and instead they were boobs
3: well the little teats would be used by the witch to suckle his or her familiar usually like a cat or a toad And if the person were to be found with one of these little teats, then bam, you got a witch. And that person could wind up dead on the stake. Oh, hey, uh, Marcus. All right. Yeah.
1: You love Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're eternally sexually attracted to
3: Carolina. Oh, yeah. We're bound.
1: But I know you don't like frogs. Hate them. But if she did have a couple of little teats (laughs) and frogs were hanging off of her sides, would you still make love to her? At that moment. And they're all going Hey Marcus, Marcus, I've some have some of the side milk, Marcos. Would you
3: have problems with that or well, in in the if the frogs were permanently attached to the teats, then we'd find a way around it. But if well, not, get... then I would I would politely ask to remove the frogs. Well they're talking
0: frogs, it sounds like so... You can ask them, yeah, Uh,
3: yeah. So yeah, it's a fucking horrible nightmare. Thanks for that.
0: Hold on here. Are these? So are these little teats? These are separate than the actual teats. Yeah, they're
3: separate. Well, I mean, they're They're (laughs) superfluous. Nipples. Yeah, superfluous nipples. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around 9% of the population has superfluous nipples. Some people have like four or five, just kind of all over their bodies. So back then you were charged with
0: witchcraft, and in modern time you just get to go on the Howard Stern show.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I
1: remember. Was there a guy called like Puppy Man or something like that (laughs) who had a bunch of extra nipples?
3: There was something like that. (laughs) But the teats and all that, that's just the wacky pregame stuff. Mm. The real injustices came in the trials. Part of the Malleus Maleficarum states that the testimony of any witness whatsoever could be admitted as evidence, no matter how outlandish or ridiculous. That meant that gossip, hearsay and dreams could be taken as fact in a court of law. Do you think that this was true
1: because the. The idea of accusing somebody as a witch or calling him a witch is, is so intense in the first place that being like, if we've already started the witch
3: proceedings, everything's fair game because it's so difficult to get the ball rolling. Well, I think it's that uh, they're talking about something that is inherently supernatural. So if you're talking about something that's supernatural, that it only follows that the evidence that would be put forth would also be supernatural. Yeah, Yeah,
0: they didn't have a lot of open mics back then. I can see (laughs) 13-year-old boys just wanting to be funny, looking for a crowd. And they're like, what's (laughs) the best way to get this crowd? This courtroom is stacked with people. I got a great witch bit (laughs) that I want to run. See if it's a good five minutes and maybe I can get this woman killed as well. You're
1: not know that far off. It'd be like if Casper was trying to accuse Slenderman of molesting him. All the, the evidence would be disgusting, yeah. and it would also be fake.
0: Uh, I forgot that edited cartoon. The yeah. Casper cartoon where he has sex with Slenderman
1: casper do you want to come down to my house and watch the football game (laughs) well i don't know slender man my my dad says you're bad to hang around with no way you can meet one of my proxies i certainly don't fuck them
0: (laughs) be careful casper be careful
3: But the part that was specifically important to the case of Urbain Grandier was the decree that a witness could even be a demon (gasps) speaking through the person that the demon possessed. In effect, one could have the devil himself testifying by proxy in one's trial. Now, do they swear on the Bible,
0: or do they have some sort of satanic book? How do you swear in the devil?
3: Now, this creates quite the paradox, considering how Christian doctrine names Satan as the father of lies. Mm. But this concept was central to the prosecution of Grandier. In this case, every morsel that came from the mouths of nuns during exorcisms was twisted and interpreted to always name Grandier as the one who would put these poor nuns through the demonic paces. But the thing was, most of the clergy and most people of the court, while they did believe in witchcraft, did not necessarily believe in witch hunting. And Mm. lawyers especially hated witchcraft cases. Because
1: they were hard to stick. You couldn't convict all the time. And at the time, also, the Catholic Church was starting to look, like, not good for them To be burning people. So they were trying to to shift into a new, nicer, softer side of the Catholic Church at this time period. But, you know.
0: It got a bad look. The screaming women crying as they burn alive in the town square. All of a sudden they were like, maybe we need to change the channel. (laughs) We need to switch up the programming a little bit. Maybe get an American Ninja Warrior on or something. But if you're a prosecutor, you know, they always want to have someone on the stand um, that is reliable. Mm -hmm. I mean, the devil... I mean, come on. I would rather have Michael Cohen uh, <laughs> on my prosecution squad than having
1: the devil. That is, you're talking about the Christian slant version of the devil where he is the prince of lies, or actually he's the only one who could tell the truth. But unfortunately, the devil, a lot of times if you call him upon a witness on, on a crime or in the middle of a trial, it will be just be me in a devil Halloween costume going, <laughs> three of the things I say will be lies. One of the things I say will be true. But all of them are jokes.
3: Whoa. <laughs> See, most educated people at the time, when it came to Grangier, didn't believe that he was the commander of a legion of demons that was out to abuse the good sisters of Loudon just because he got a kick out of it. Mm. But France was an absolute monarchy, and King Louis Thirteenth and the Queen were very much believers in burning the witch. Oh, yeah. And as far as the upper echelons of the clergy went, they were split. The Bishop of Bordeaux, the one who liked to fuck just as much as Grandier, he was on the side of innocence. Mm. While the Bishop of Poitiers, who was of a decidedly more conservative bent, thought Grandier was a sorcerer. Oh. See,
1: Bordeaux was coming inside of, of people having sex with them. But Poitiers, he was coming watching people burn. Like, I think they get the same, <laughs> same shit. Adam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these, these puritanical people, they seem to have much more of a
3: bloodlust. They have a lot more of a bloodlust. Okay. Because they're not fucking. Yeah. I guess not. Well, the Bishop of Poitiers was actually a believer in what Huxley called the Sorcerer's Mafia, wherein every class of society and every town and village held hidden witches and wizards who were all working together for Satan's cause. Hey, do hey,
1: Dawn. Uh, welcome to the meeting of the Sorcerer's Mafia. You all know me. <laughs> Tommy (laughs) Ayacoco, this is my friend Johnny uh, Crusta Alligator, uh, Grand Genie. Uh, Yeah, this is a hacky bit, but I'll tell you what. It's the bit we're forced to live in. <laughs> I like it. I could see the sorcerer
0: ma- uh, sorcer- sorcerer? sorcerer, mafia going against the real mafia. Who would win? Who knows? Oh, That's the-
3: tough to say. I think the sorcerers win.
1: Could be.
0: I mean, if anything that they do is actually
1: real, guns are real. Yeah, guns.
0: <laughs> we- and we know the mafia has, those. Yeah.
1: Mafia guys sit around in clubs eating pastries and like stare at trucks. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a lot of what ma- normal mafia guys do. I think your mafias, I mean, I guess they do the same thing, but they do it in, like, bigger hats.
3: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did also think that, you know, the whole of the Harry Potter uh, problem could have been solved with a sniper rifle. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> On either side. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fucking wipe out Harry Potter. Harry Potter was the fucking problem.
3: <laughs> no, Harry Potter I was, was... I was actually more thinking wipe out Voldemort. You shoot All Voldemort. Right. With a...
1: Yeah, right. you're supposed to kill
0: Voldemort. Doesn't he not have a nose? He has
3: no nose. He has no nose. That's no, you weird. just yeah, you just send Harry Potter to train with a sniper rifle for a while and then he just fucking cuts him down from about two hundred yards away. Uh. That would be fucking
1: sweet. And it's like the scene from fucking JFK from Oliver Stone where it's just him just like sweating in the book depository. You know, like after spending six months in Cuba at Wizard Assassination School. That's fucking sweet.
3: Yeah, all right. But back in Lou Dome some were beginning to push back on the idea that Grangier was guilty. The chief magistrate, mm. Gioran de Ceresa, had further investigated the case after the Enema incident and found that the nuns were not in fact possessed, but were only suffering from delusions made worse by the public exorcisms. Mm.
1: I have come to believe, is the chief magistrate, that some of the forcible liquids that they put inside the buttocks of some of these pure sweet nuns as in fact in some way made the problem worse I think it would <laughs> they are Absol- dripping everywhere <laughs> there's so much none drip every hole of them gets in
0: Intriguing, kind of a a French Charles Ing there. (laughs) I like it. I like it very much. The enema, of
3: course, Uh powerful (laughs) enema,
0: powerful. Give this Mm -hmm. man an enema. There is
1: Dracula dead (laughs) loving. I
3: remember that. So the chief magistrate ordered exorcist Mignon and Barret to stop immediately. But the Bishop of Poitiers stepped in and wrote a letter that the exorcisms must continue. Mm. But as a compromise, the exorcisms would no longer be public, at least temporarily. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. That's okay. That's not to say, though, that Mignon calmed down at all. He still spent his days reading his flock chapters from a report that had been written concerning the Father Galfredi case, Mm. trying to convince everyone that Grandier was just as bad, if not worse.
0: I mean, do you want these if you're one of these uh, nuns, a.k.a. witches, is being in public better? At least you get the stage time. No, you, get a little, you get a little. You get a little press. In is terrible. That was wor- Although I mean, don't you have to be slightly more controlled when you're doing the exorcism when there's eyes on you? No. You they actually, didn't.
1: I feel the opposite. Yeah. I really? Think that, I think the eyeballs turned up the performance because now you're locked in, right? Mm. You've already accused Grandier of being Grand Wizard that is infecting you all with his sweet, supple dream cock right and he he's fucking you all in your dreams you've already said all this shit so now you're kind of like what we've seen in like in cults and, and that kind of shit you now kind of made a public promise right. that we are we are possessed we are gonna sit here we're gonna eat each other's pussies we're gonna fl- fl- roll around here and, and freak out and jerk off all these candles and the, the eyeballs kind of what keeps up the your half of the, the argument because i imagine when you are in just in a closed room getting fucking fingers shoved down your throat getting fucking whipped getting Covered in water all of the weird shit that they would do during those exorcisms that it's start It's hard to keep up the ruse.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All right. There it is That's why everyone should always end every sentence with and that's a promise
1: (laughs) 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 Never never be caught in a lie that way never (laughs) that's for certain
3: No, eventually they actually started letting some of the lesser priests try their hands at exorcism just to see what would happen (sighs) But when Philippe Trinquent's brother tried it out, his Latin was so bad <laughs> that people started laughing. So he just stopped in the middle of the exorcism and left the room. Abi they and
1: Miraculum, miraculum, Accio, boo. Hey, learn the language. You're seriously just going to make fun of me for trying? I'll and. tell you what, anytime I'll come to your house and I'll make fun of you when you're trying something new. Is you think Latin? this is easy? Oh, no, I, will just, I will take my talents <laughs> to South Beach.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Have fun. Sounds like when Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York City, used to speak
3: Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's very adorable. He Co- tried. Como se dice. He tried. <laughs> very cute.
1: Right from your brain. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met.
3: Right from your grave. Well, eventually things started to wind down in Loudon. More officials came and declared it to be nothing more than mass hysteria. And when a doctor known only as the Metropolitan showed up to inspect the scene, the nuns acted meek as lambs. Weird. Just the Metropolitan. What is he, a, a owner of a vape store? <laughs>
0: cool maybe he's like that dude from transmat oh yeah what's the name of that guy again uh, spider S-
1: spider what do you mean he's like he's like a future journalist i don't know <laughs> yeah. I love but that. They, up until that point i mean they were seriously they were going not so bananas right these guys yeah. were they were really kind of squirming all over each other but then as the as the heat started coming off mm. they said that they would straight up they would get bored and sad yeah. like as soon as they started like hanging out being like I guess we're not crazy lesbians anymore. Yeah, what a phase. It was like they all spent a year at Oberlin. Yeah. Um... And then, you know, sophomore year, they come out of the haze.
0: Yeah, that's sad. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so they were just not being—they pre- they weren't able to perform anymore.
3: No, and they oh, were losing business, too, oh. because they were just under this extreme stress all the time. They started having mental breakdowns in the middle of classes. They started just laughing uncontrollably, and they were having screaming, foul-mouthed fights with each other in the halls. So the nuns were not having fun. The nuns were having a terrible time. Oh, okay, And so, because the nuns were so erratic— Parents started pulling their kids from the school. And pretty soon
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
3: (laughs) And pretty soon the nuns were mentally frazzled and totally broke and even more miserable than they were when everyone first started showing up.
1: Can you imagine that? If you showed if you were brought your kids to like a fancy private school, but then all the teachers started fucking each other publicly. (laughs) Yeah, I I would have to. I don't
0: know
3: what I would. I guess you got to take the kids out. I don't think the nuns were fucking each other publicly. You're just bringing the devils into it. They never fucked each other publicly. I don't know, buddy. The way it
1: sounds like it, because Huxley does paint it a little bit more conservatively because he said that what but the, the, i think that there's a hint there when he said at the very beginning what went on was no different that was actually already going on in a lot of the writings at the time in terms of like what happened with the marquis de Sade and what happened with that confessions book where the woman was like shitting in the bucket and the guy was like tasting it and shit <laughs> so i think they were there was some of
3: it there, there was rubbins there could have been Rubins, but I don't think they were, like, you know, going down in the hallways. Oh, I
1: don't right. know. Well, could have,
0: been, could have been Rubbins. I'm sure we do have some Henry Zabrowski fantasy going on here as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's
1: Easter. It's Easter. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a
3: holiday made of fantasy. Well, Grand J's enemies were at a loss as well because their plan was threatening to fizzle out completely. But that all changed when an agent of Cardinal Richelieu, who also happened to be a relative of Sister Jean de Angers, hmm. named Jean de labarde came visiting on government business. Now, as we said last episode, Cardinal Richelieu was one of the most powerful people in France, and he was certainly the most powerful clergyman in the country, and labarde de was the cardinal's creature. And judging and burning witches was kind of La Bartemose's thing, as he had judged and burned several dozens of witches by the time Urbain Grandier was accused.
0: Now, what makes obviously all of this is fantasy world, right? What makes you the most powerful of the bishops? Do you just smell the most of wine? <laughs>
3: like what? How does this work? He has the king's ear.
0: He has the king's ear yeah. no, in his pocket, or <laughs> where is the ear?
3: I mean, hey, he's, uh, he's essentially second in command of France at this point because church. And state are so powerfully intertwined. So he's
0: more of a politician than a religious. Guy. Very
3: much so, more of a politician. Okay. All of these
0: guys
1: were a lot of that. There were, there are obviously true believers in the mix, but a lot of these guys are just whoever gets closest to the circle right around the king. But that circle also changes quick. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch The Favorite, all that kind of oh, shit, yeah, which is great. true, where it's like they le- legitimately, like if, if you don't do what he likes, or if he just decides that you're not gay enough to be fun, he kicks you out.
3: (laughs) Kicks you out. The favorite. Great movie, The Favorite. Wonderful movie. Really liked it. Well, Grandier's enemies just needed some extra oomph to make all of this stick. Mm. And it was Memende Silly who came up with the scheme. <laughs> how about
1: we take all of its hats and we put the brims on the other side oh. and then we get some rubber chickens and we put him in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> that is why we keep you around Mr. Silly. <laughs> Look how big my couch is. I got roller skates on. <laughs>
0: this is ridiculous. God he That's, is
3: fun. That Gallagher? <laughs> so Grandier's enemies led by Memende Amen, De Silly took a meeting with La Bardemont and told him that Grandier was not just a sorcerer who had rebelled against God and bewitched a convent of nuns. Mm. But had also written a violent and obscene lampoon on Cardinal Richelieu six years earlier under the title, Letter from the Cobbler of Ludon. Whoa! Yeah,
1: dude. It was all about how the Cardinal used to fart in his pants and how he had like a big butt and he had a, a stupid head. It was an Onion article. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: So- something you could see on ClickHole or back before all of those things happened, what Larry Flint used to do with Jerry Falwell when he accused him of having sex with his mother in an outhouse. <laughs> and then Jerry Falwell <laughs> sued him.
3: Yeah, that's all it was. And Grandier, he didn't write this lampoon. Mm. But since he and the lady cobbler after whom the letter was named used to fuck, it wasn't unreasonable to think that Grandier might have written it. And that was good enough for La What? But,
0: I mean, it's, it doesn't even compare. We're talking one time here, they say he has possessed an entire convent full of nuns, he's making them orgasm and bleed, and then the other argument is he wrote a
1: one-pager... Yeah, it was kind of funny. (laughs) You wrote a humorous little script. It used to be very dangerous to be funny. Yeah, what they did not like it when you made fun of the people in power. It got them very, very upset. If you look at, it's this weird aristocratic feel. Like it's this this thought process of no one can make me look stupid.
3: Yeah, they actually, okay. they actually hanged a man who just printed a copy of Letter from the Cobbler of Ludon.
0: Well, how did any of our uh, relatives survive this? <laughs> they had oh, that's just,
1: a nightmare. You just go like, you would have to do like, um, hey, that cardinal's got a really big butt. Like You have to learn how to throw your voice to the other <laughs> room, or you become an official like jester of the court. You have to become pro, or right. not at all.
0: Mm. But I think the jesters were more just made fun of, weren't mm-hmm. they? They would, they would throw tomatoes at the jester and stuff like that. Yeah, so on and so forth. Okay.
1: You're talking about the proud lineage of the comedian.
3: Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, La Bardemont reported what he'd heard to the cardinal upon his return to court, and the cardinal brought up the entire sordid affair at the next meeting of the Council of State, bringing it directly to the attention of King Louis XIII. Thirteenth. And without much prompting, the king ordered Bardemont to return to Loudon himself mm. to investigate the possession in depth, examine the accusations, and if necessary, preside over the trial and pass sentence. Whoa. You do
1: it. <laughs> you do it. All right. Oh, so it's a problem. You do it. I have to put on a play where I dress as a lady. Ooh. <laughs> you know, we could
0: also let women into the theater. We could let women on stage and perform. You ever think Disgusting. about that? Disgusting. Well,
1: <laughs> women are filled with eggs. Ooh, what no, are they, that, chickens? My sisters I, give a great. Give me a man. Give me a man. I like a man with a, his his eggs or lizards. Well, okay. Well, my sister's very talented
0: actress. She would love to.
1: Disgusting. Look at the sacks hanging off of her front. Well, those are, those are breasts, but
3: she's quite pretty, actually. <laughs> well, it was the cardinal who told La Bardemont that he better fucking make it necessary to preside over a trial and pass a sentence because the cardinal mm. had a few different reasons for pushing this agenda. Fixes in. One. This was a good opportunity for the cardinal to prove just how amazingly Catholic he was capable of being. <laughs> as a proposed alliance with the Protestant Swedes was throwing that belief into question, and what's more Catholic than burning a fucking witch? Nothing other than Only, that like,
1: one big scandal thing. That one big <laughs> scandal. That one big scandal. Apparently, the the most Catholic thing you do is to is to blow a boy, and but the semen shows up in another priest's mouth. <laughs> I
3: don't. (laughs) That is disgusting. Okay. But perhaps more importantly, if it could be proved without a doubt, at least in the hearts and minds of the people, that the devil was indeed invading France via Loudon, then the Cardinal could revive the Inquisition in France, giving himself almost unlimited power. Ooh. Now, Urbain Grandier's friends, because he did still have a few friends left, just Mm. not any powerful ones. Ah, They tried to warn him as to what was coming.
1: They tried, man. They were like, get out of town. Leave. All you have to do is leave. Yeah, why didn't you just dip out? Stubbornness. But come on, just,
0: Francis beautiful. Yo, know, he-, he
1: had his secret wife. You have any idea how much money your wedding costs? <laughs> i have just a two. He had to throw his own little wedding. You can't do all that. Obviously, it's private. But he couldn't leave his fake wife. And, I mean, he had all these other widows he had to fill.
3: Just go, leave. Well, he was just stubborn because he's like, I didn't do shit they're not going to make me leave. They can't make me do anything. They can't Ugh. make me do anything I don't want to do. Yikes. And he still hadn't been officially charged with anything. I mean, he was still parish priest of Lou Don. He didn't think he had anything to worry about, because after all, he'd been dealing with this bullshit for almost a year straight, and nothing had happened yet. Right. If you had looked up Oliver Reed drunk on late night
1: shows, you'd see how difficult it would have been to remove Grandier from a place. Right. Where it's like, Oliver <laughs> Reed, he was 250 pounds of, like, fixed Stocky Englishman, but when you added about 10 pounds of booze inside of him, he became an immovable object. And you can see him swinging back and forth, with those big beer arms.
0: I'm sure he did great on the Johnny Carson oh, show, though. That's, oh,
1: I miss. I dare you to make me. Uh, it's not in my motivation to leave this. Sentence. I ah, uh, let me see the script.
0: I miss drunk actors and drunk perf- that used to late night. Uh, Ed McMahon was literally hammered every single night. He went, and he, everybody knew
3: it. But he just sat there and giggled. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
0: ha! But that's a perfect job. Ed McMahon figured it all out. Pat, Sajak yeah. and Vanna White used to just go get hammered. True. I mean, it was so much more fun back then.
3: Yep. Well, as soon as La Bardemont returned to Loudon, Grandier found out just how wrong he was. Uh-oh. La Bardemont immediately ordered Grandier's arrest, and Urbain was taken into custody while he was on his way to preach a sermon at his own church.
1: Now, Daniel! <laughs> uh, how do you, I ever show tonight? And I will not be. Uh, uh, I will not be bodily removed. I was having a delicious, succulent Chinese meal. I will not be removed. <laughs>
0: Is John F. Kennedy having a Chinese meal? What's going on?
3: Grandier's entire library was searched from top to bottom. And while it was disappointing to find no concrete packs with the devil or magical grimoires, they did find a copy of the letter from the cobbler of Loudon.
0: oh my and they found OJ's glove as well this is planted evidence if I've ever heard of it mm-hmm. and I found it's, it's just
3: crack cocaine <laughs> Incredible. and it was enough to sink grandier so after oh. Grandier was arrested, it was decided that there was no prison strong enough in Loudon to house such a powerful sorcerer. So Canon Mignon offered up the attic of his house for use as the magician's prison. That's they literally—it's—it's
0: awesome. it's like X Men when they had to put Magneto in the non-steel or whatever the plastic, plastic prison, the plastic yes. prison, <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, they devil-proofed it, as they called it, by bricking up the windows and fitting the door with a new lock and heavy bolts. Then they closed the chimney with an iron grating, lest Grandier make use of the old witch's trick and disappear
1: up the flue. This is what you guys had to do with me back in the day when you used to put me in free speech jail. Because yeah, there's well, no free speech jail strong enough to hold. Free speech jail is still open
0: for business and looking for <laughs> clients, my friend. We've Come privatized it as a matter of fact. I
1: will not be removed. I just had a suck in its Chinese meal.
0: So they believe the devil is this all powerful being, but yeah. they also think a door lock will be able to stop him from entering.
3: If it's a good one. If it's a good one. Okay, master lock maybe. And once the cell was fully constructed, Grandier was thrown inside with nothing more than a pile of hay on which to sleep and that would be his home for the last year of his life mm. but
1: how flattering is that what do you mean they, but they think you're so powerful they've got to put all of this shit in his own house it's got to be like huh wow well, They really believe in me. (laughs) I guess so. I would also just be like, guys, guys, not that powerful.
0: I'm actually not that strong. (laughs) Listen, listen, I have
1: other material. I have other material, not just the stuff about the cardinal. Um, What about him? airplane food. Have you heard of this thing? Alright, first of all, it's giant birds you can go inside. No, listen, listen. And the food, it's just hard to describe. It's that the bathrooms are small. A bathroom is a thing that people you can, in the future, can go privately and go to the bath. I, I don't know how... Burn him! No, Burn no. him! Honestly,
0: we were on Delta. Not bad food. Yeah. Not bad.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. You Great. been on these new planes where they got windows in the bathroom yet? No. It's fantastic. Really? You feel like you're that's, pissing off the edge of the world. That's I don't it's know if horrifying. I need. That. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure if I if I need to be looking at birds staring at me while I take a disgusting dump on an airplane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: just the fucking creature from the There's something on the wing from Twilight Zone. <laughs> <so only> you <laughs> see it out there? He's watching you I'm pissing. He slowly starts jerking off. Oh, my
3: goodness. (laughs) Well, once Grandier was safely locked away, La Bardemont turned his attention to Sister Jen and the other 16 nuns. The only problem was that after six months of no real attention, the sisters had pretty much returned to normal. Oh. Yeah. So, to get him going again, (laughs) Canon Mignon (laughs) restarted the public exorcisms on the authority of La Bardemont. Every single day, Mignon took the nuns in batches and carted them around to various churches in Loudon where audiences were waiting. Loudoun became an unofficial tourist attraction for the people of France. His Thousands of people started flocking from all over the country to see these exorcisms. They hear about it through word of mouth. Right. There were pamphlets being distributed all across the country as far as what was going on. And the nuns continued to bare their legs for the people. Oh, yeah. Just screaming shit, just being like, He entered
1: me. I prostituted myself for the devil. Woo. I think I've seen
0: this exact show on TLC. <laughs> Uh, t- the the Learning Channel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a reality show network. <laughs> yeah, Why do you look at
1: me like I had eight heads? Because I didn't know what the show was. I don't know, know what show you're referring to. Okay, I don't know what
0: show you're refer- refer- referencing. I'm not... Okay, well, isn't this yes, fun is when it- I get to explain my idea? <laughs> isn't this the fun part of the show? No, because TLC is Ridiculously Stupid Reality Television Programming. And for all intents and purposes, this is a reality television show for the French. And now that I'm explaining it, everyone, this has
1: ruined everything. No, yeah. There's nothing stupid about 16 just just pert nuns grinding themselves in a big cart no i
0: understand (laughs) i'm just saying it's a reality television program it's one of the first that ever existed
3: perhaps Perhaps. well the point of these exorcisms was not to drive the devil from these poor women the point was to prove the guilt of urbane grandier by getting the devil himself to admit that grandier was evil now as i said earlier there is a paradox at work here But Grandier's enemies got around it by saying that when the devil is constrained by a priest of the Roman Catholic Church, he has to tell the truth. That's oh. legal. Is that right? <laughs> really?
0: No choice. No choice. No choice whatsoever. Because he's surrounded by the power of a chunky priest. Is that right? <laughs> I've been a lot of priests in my life.
1: Yeah, you'll do exactly what I say, you stinky devil. Yeah. <laughs> you'll laugh at me before when I was trying to get Latin, but now will see him laugh. Make. All right, now tell me, how handsome I am. I, am I devil? <laughs> You are, um, like a grape if he had a mustache. God damn the honesty.
0: (laughs) Well, that was the truth. Turns out the devil was telling the truth.
3: So, the exorcist started inducing the demoniacs, as Huxley called the nuns. Oh,
0: that's fun. Isn't it fun? Oh my god, I wish our fans were called the demoniacs.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. Well, he started inducing them into giving the exorcists, exactly what they wanted. Soon, a nun was confessing through the mouth of a devil that Grandier had, quote-unquote, taken her on the Sabbath mm. and had made her a princess at the devil's court.
1: I oh. have prostituted myself to be a princess at the devil's court. And they also, one other term I liked is he said, um, they made of them an obscene altar at wish for him to worship. Mm.
0: Interesting. Mm. Sounds like As, a... Sounds like the documentary about Courtney Love,
3: you know? Which documentary about Courtney Love? I
0: don't know, the one where she looks all crazy? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you mean the documentary that is her life?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life
2: from your grave.
1: One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow, I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babblecom slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash left. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh, my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it, and it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds. For less money and less hassle, try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month.
3: Life from While this may all sound ridiculous, it was actually necessary to up the ante. Before this admission about the Sabbath and all that, Grandier was just a mere sorcerer. But now, Grandier was a high priest, fully and completely in league with the devil. Wow. He was more of a buddy of the devil than a servant of the devil. He's a buddy of the devil. He's a friend of the devil. But then there was the question of the teats. Mm. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask the questions about the teats. <laughs> well, it was confirmed that Grandier had no superfluous teats.
2: Sure,
3: <laughs> you can tell that easily. Yeah, we could all have figured that out. Yeah, while that was confirmed, sometimes in place of the teats, the devil will bestow upon his servants what is known as the devil's mark. The devil's mark these spots used to seal the servant's obedience to the devil were supposedly impervious to pain. According to Sister Jeanne, Grandier had no less than five. (gasps) Oh, yeah. It's a lot of spots. One on his shoulder, Two on the butt cheeks near his butthole mm-hmm. inside of the cheeks <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, uh,
0: right ma'am, ma'am. I just have a question here from the uh, from the jury how'd you yeah. know that ma'am how do you know that about the uh, inside of the butt cheeks
1: there ma'am we did this thing called the flick test <laughs> Just see if his if he jumped every single time I'd flick it. Oh,
3: yeah. Yuck. Aldous just Huxley called it his fundament.
1: That's oh, <laughs> oh his taint. That's Huxley word for
3: taint. Wow. Fundament. Fundament? Hmm. Fundament. Oh, all right, Mr. Huxley. And he had a devil's mark on each testicle. <gasps> In
1: the back of it, too. You're literally talking about the entire grundle was uh-huh. where the devil had his playground, which it still resides there today.
0: Absolutely <laughs> it does. Also, if he doesn't get tried or charged as a sorcerer, he's got to go to the doctor. This could be testicular cancer. <laughs> it sounds very dangerous.
1: Well, he's about to get checked, Kissel, oh, in a way okay. that you no one will ever forget.
3: Oh. Now, of course, all of this had to be checked out, so the apothecary and several doctors stripped, shaved... And blindfolded Grandier before systematically pricking him to the bone with a long, sharp probe to see where the spot that didn't feel pain actually was. Huh.
1: See, think about this. All right, yeah, I thought at first because it said you're supposed to prick the spot and see if they experience it. It's either bleed or have any sort of reaction, mm-hmm. right? So in my mind, I always thought it was like a little pin. I go blink, blink, and because it's like if you stick me with a pin. Right next to my butthole, I'll go I'll at least have, like, a, oh, like, I'll have, like, some sort of reaction, like, hey, now, or, like, a, like, I'll say a <laughs> no, yeef, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, say something like that, but they used a long, thin needle that they would go all the way through the meat
3: to his skeleton, Ooh. and you're talking about under the balls, too. Well, they reportedly found only two devil's marks, mm. but two is good enough. Two is good yep. enough? Mm-hmm. But he was accused of five. Yep. Two was good enough. Oh, come on. One would have been good enough.
1: It's uh, uh, just a mole. And, if they, and it, it also what? was a lie. Yeah. It also was a fucking lie because yeah, was, he definitely probably screamed when he yeah. put this shit inside of him.
3: Yeah. And also, sometimes moles would be used as devil's marks. They're like, <sighs> ah, that mole looks weird. Eh, it's probably a devil's mark. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And what was more, these devil's marks were admissible in court. According to what was said in the Malius Maleficarum. Really. Even if the Maleficarum was not strictly a legal document. And the legality here was really at the heart of these proceedings. According to church law, everything about this was being done wrong. Oh, really? So even, <laughs> by, even, by crazy,
0: <laughs> even by crazy church law standards, they're messing
3: this up. Yeah, yeah. exorcisms are supposed to be in private all at all times. Exorcisms are not supposed to be public. And demons were never meant to even be listened to. You're not supposed to... Remember, mm. the demon will lie. Remember, when you go in there, the demon shall lie to you. You're not supposed to take a demon as a witness in a court case. But
0: what if the demon says really nice things about you?
3: No, uh, do not well. listen to the demons. just flattery.
0: Yeah, well, you sound like an uh, asshole. The demon sounds
1: very nice. He's got a nice laugh. <laughs> That's what I like about him. He also knows how to hold down a steady job. Thank you. You lie. You lie. I am a bum.
3: <laughs> but Richelieu had a goal, and La Bardemont had to carry that goal out by whatever means necessary. Mm. And with the devil's mark, La Bardemont was able to officially announce... That science had backed his claims, <laughs> <laughs> and Urbain Grandier could officially stand trial
0: as a witch.
1: All right! Oh, oh
3: my man, God. it
0: is fucked. Mm. This is horrible. So this whole time, he's locked up in, like, a, like Rapunzel up mm. there in the windowless room. Yep. And he doesn't realize any of this is happening. No. Or is he like, eh, they're just going to let me out at some point, right?
1: No. Somewhere <laughs> out there. <laughs> is he singing that as all the nuns are all singing it, too? Just, like, just gushing everywhere, man. Aww.
3: He's biding his time. Okay, uh, That's what he's doing. He's thinking, like, well, just I just got to be patient. This is a trial. Uh, you know, the, the to test. Once I get my day in court, man Ooh, I'm gonna set all this straight So I just gotta Ugh. be patient I just gotta wait And he's not really privy to everything that's going on but He thinks he thinks he's still fine Okay But that's not to say there wasn't any physical evidence When it came to this trial The nuns had actually begun to vomit up strange objects during exorcisms And these strange objects were seen as packs Or physical manifestations of deals with the devil hmm. Among these packs, either vomited up or mysteriously found in the nuns' rooms, were a piece of paper stained with three drops of blood and containing eight orange seeds, a bundle of five straws, and a package that contained cinders, worms, hair, and nail clippings. And
1: all of these can be used uh, for various spells. That's the idea of this, is all these is like, it's weird material of witches. But we also don't know who's planting these things or not. We don't know whether or not it's the scientists. Because remember, the scientists, quote unquote, the guys that are like the apothecaries, they're the ones doing all of the like the experts, like medical witness shit. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones putting things down the throats
3: of fucking witches and then bumping it back out.
2: But
1: what
3: these women were throwing up was nothing compared to what Sister Jen supposedly threw up.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say what she shat out.
1: (laughs) Sister Jen went another direction with it. I do a fun kind of upside down throw up. Oh yeah? What is it?
2: (laughs)
0: Day Silly just dies laughing (laughs) like in Who Framed Roger
3: Rabbit when the weasel dies. (laughs) Well, always the most inventive of the sisters, Sister Jen once vomited up a pact that, according to the devil possessing her, contained a piece of the heart of a child sacrificed two years earlier, the ashes of a consecrated wafer, and a whole load of grandiers come.
0: Wow. Well, now, how do we know it's grandiers? Because the devil said so. So, yep. I mean, no matter what, it's obviously not his, but they just, <laughs> she got it worse, I think, than the sticks. Well, it the wasn't girl actual the sti-
3: cum. It was just... Oh, you don't like, think so? No, there wasn't any actual cum. It was probably just like a piece of meat and like some other weird shit that she swallowed. Says Marcus. Well, yeah. <laughs> she could have found
1: some cum somewhere. It's like, you know, it's the 1600s.
3: I mean, it still was made
0: back
1: then. Yeah, <laughs> It was. I know that was. for a fact. I don't think cum like changed color or anything with no. the time periods in it. Like... Do you you think that cum was different, man? I think cum has always been the same. I think it's been the exact same. Well. (laughs) tail as old
3: as cum. (laughs) We know it. But part of the reason why the ladies were doing so much vomiting was because they were being stuffed with, quote unquote, medications. Mm. The worst of which being the antimony pill. These pills, which were essentially just pieces of smoothed metal, aggravated the mucous membranes on their way down and were used to purge the stomach and the bowels of the person swallowing them. Mm -mm. Commonly known as perpetual pills, they were afterward... Fished out of the chamber pot, no matter what end they came out of. Oh yeah, dude. And were reused again and again. What? Often passed down as family heirlooms. They're the corn
0: of medication. How do you so it just doesn't dissolve in the body? I mean, what is it's, happening it's here?
3: Metal. It's just a piece of metal that they would swallow and then throw up or shit out. And then they'd reach <laughs> the chamber pot, they'd take it, they'd rinse it out, and it's like, okay, we'll just put it back with the others, and nice. then it would go from generation to generation, like this is grandfather.
1: Father's Perpetual Pill. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) You see, this one's nice because we got it in Playa del Carmen. It says it here on the side.
2: Wow.
1: (laughs) Rough day. Can you imagine that, getting Grandpa's Perpetual Pill? I guess. You're going to want to save this. I remember our honeymoon night. I had four of them in me.
0: <laughs> wow. Someone's got to dig them out there, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
3: But you know what? What? They had fun, too. Why? These- <laughs> who Who they is got- digging the stuff out? No, no, not with digging oh, the stuff okay. out. Just in general. Just the exorcist and the priest. They had fun. Okay. In one exorcism, the devil, possessing a nun, he called Larbaudemar a cuck. And the <laughs> clerk recorded it in the official minutes.
1: I unfortunately am <laughs> going to need to record that as evidence, but I will... I don't, I don't, don't believe that one. That's the one <laughs> thing that he's saying that is not true. Well, actually,
3: later, La Bardemont, who was not there at the exorcism, he signed the, he signed it without reading it, saying that everything contained in the official minutes was, to the best of his knowledge, true. Lol, Ruffle, <laughs> yep, everyone like had it. a good laugh. 4 Rolling 4 on the PM floor started then. That is his- oh my, <laughs> cuck. But the really strange thing about all of this is that while La Bardemont and God and Christ and the Virgin Mary and the priests and the monks and the other nuns, all these people were being blasphemed, but amazingly enough, no devil was brave enough to blaspheme the king or the cardinal. Really? Yeah, because they saw what happened to Grandier. Yeah, dude. And if you come for the king, you better not miss. Yeah. I
1: heard that. James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> I stand
3: that. Always. But that wasn't the only suspect thing about the language the devils used. Mm -hmm. See, the church had four tests and still has four tests when it comes to seeing as to whether or not a possession case is genuine. You got the strength test, the levitation test, the clairvoyance test, and of course, the language test.
0: Also known as the Carni Quattro. Quat, what's a, a
1: Quattro? <laughs> Carni Quattro sounds a, fine. The Carni Quattro, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, as anyone who's seen a single possession movie knows, when a person is possessed, they're suddenly fluent in languages they've never heard, like when Reagan starts speaking Italian in The Exorcist. Mm. But in the case of the nuns, only the nuns who knew Latin were possessed by devils who spoke Latin and even the ones who did know Latin didn't speak or understand it very well. On one occasion, a priest kept asking questions in Latin until he found one that the nun could answer correctly. Great. And the embarrassment of that one was only compounded when the whole thing got broken up by another nun coming into the room on her hands and knees, neighing like a horse. Oh, no,
1: no. That is not even, uh, that's necessarily not, that's not necessarily part of the possessions. She's just telling us lunch is ready, girl. (laughs) Oh, my. And then he just gets on her back. And just oh. like, all right,
3: let's go to the commissary.
1: <laughs> she got bit by the horse bug. That's fun. I want
3: to.
0: I want the horse demon.
3: Can you imagine that? Oh. If you're trying to do something super serious and then a woman comes <laughs> into the room on her hands and knees going. <laughs> I don't know I man.
0: Some, I saw some HBO real sex documentary oh, footage of that the one. horsey play they used to they used to show that episode like every week.
1: It's burnt into my mind. That one and the clown erotica one no, where the they're all sitting in the pies. Well. Yeah.
3: Real weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, when asked about the language discrepancy, the exorcist said that there were educated devils and uneducated devils in this world. Hmm. And it just so happened that the educated devils were drawn to the educated women.
0: And of course, educated devils, they tend to, demote, uh, they tend to vote more Democrat. And the uneducated <laughs> devils they tend to be a little bit more Republican, but I don't know, you know. It's, it seems to
1: be the trends. It's crazy how much the spin machine has been working since the beginning of time. Yeah, the, yeah. The spin machine is just like we just figured out really easily. Like you set up a set of laws and then you just kind of jimmy rig everything. So it just kind of fits towards those laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to say I'm probably in
0: more agreement with the uneducated people because it seems like the educated people are pulling off uh, what seems to be total nonsense with these uh what do you what are we what are we talking about here?
3: Possession? Possessions. <laughs> exorcisms.
0: <laughs> the educated people are the ones doing exorcisms. Mm-hmm. The uneducated are I, I think they think that's
3: dumb. No, the uneducated were absolutely on the side of the uh possessions. You need a crowd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You also need an audience, so I'm not sure.
3: Well, and furthermore, if the devils could not speak a certain language, such as Greek or Gaelic, because a couple of guys came in and tried fooling them... The reason why they couldn't speak those languages was because the pact that Grandier had signed with the devils forbade them from using that language. Of course.
1: are ye oo ye It does seem like there's a lot of
3: human rules put onto this supernatural situation. but And that was also how they were able to skirt the levitation issue. Sister Jen said that the pact with Grandier expressly forbade any and all floating. They might as well just forget about it. Don't ask me about it. It's, it's, it's it was illegal by demon law for them to float. So, oh, there's
1: no way they I could see. break those laws. So, I mean, because then they would be criminals against the devil oh. as demons, and then they have to go into devil court. Oh, my. That's, <laughs> I would assume that's worse. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is that everybody's a lawyer.
3: Oh. That's
1: funny, right? Oh, I do yeah. like that. Yeah, This is a good point for the your pretty face is going to hell commercial. We could yeah. just kind of put that in there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Fly right from your grave. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeet.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at com. This podcast
1: is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough.
3: They brought in a Scottish physician named Mark Duncan to see just how strong the ladies were. Because they were supposed to be superhumanly strong. Okay. But they soon found that Duncan had more than enough strength to just kind of hold him down with his hand. Well, the Mm. exorcist responded to this by inviting anyone who doubted the nun's strength to stick their fingers in the nun's mouth. Oh. Their reasoning was that if the nuns were not supernaturally strong, then the men had nothing to worry about. But... If they were worried that the devil was going to bite them, then they would refuse. And since they refused <laughs> to stick their fingers in these women's mouths, the exorcist took it as proof. They have to be unnaturally strong. It makes all the sense in nothing. In no
0: world. <laughs> in no world does not make any sense, but okay. But
3: And they will say
1: a lot of times the nuns, because they would like be in character, right? Like, ha, 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 and hell. And then... You'd stick the fingers in their mouth because the idea is that you're opening up their mouth to scream into their mouth at the devil, right? That was inside of them. Mm. But then one of them, they would always take and go like, ah, until one, it was, there was one priest that would stick his fingers in and they'd go like, all right, stop it, stop it, because his hands were always dirty. I'm sure they're freaking filthy. We're, we're in the 15th century here? Uh, 17th.
0: 17th century France?
3: Oh, my God. But this priest had hands that were filthy for 17th century France. What in the world? Well, concerning clairvoyance, meaning the knowledge of things that they could not have known without supernatural help, the exorcist took the profane, filthy things that the nuns said and did on a daily basis as proof of that. In the words of a one father tranquille, quote, In what scurril of Rax
1: and Aethios have they learned to spew forth such blasphemies and obscenities?"
3: In other words, there was no way the nuns could have learned how to say fuck me... Without the help of the devils, Oh, of course. Yeah, and the nuns that? were spending a lot of time saying "fuck me, fuck me, yeah, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me." Well, they're yeah, nuns.
1: Fucking, yeah. Uh, give me the give me the mustache. I want to pull your dick out of my fucking ass. Dude, give me a mustache with <laughs> <laughs> Like they were saying like fun stuff.
0: Well, they're lonely. They just want companionship. They've been in the nunnery, the convent fucking for far too long. Turn me upside down and make me fart,
1: you dumb bitch. Like <laughs> saying like weird yeah. shit, being like blowing my asshole. Like that's <laughs>
3: fun. That's fun. But the thing. Was At one point, the nuns did fight back. In July of 1634, months after all this had begun again, one of the nuns burst into tears and admitted that, it had, that all of it had been a lie and that she had acted under the orders of Canon Mignon. Ooh. Oh, it's like a White House aide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even Sister Jin, who had started this whole goddamn mess, made a full plea during one of her exorcisms as the public watched but it was far too late by mm. this point for any of the nuns to be credible. The exorcist claimed that if any of the nuns said the whole thing had been one big lie, then it was actually just further proof that she'd been telling the truth before. Flipping it. Yeah. Because Grandier, and by extension the devil, was speaking through her. Okay. And eventually, Sister Jeanne went to La Bardemont's parlor and told him herself that she'd made up everything and that Grandier was innocent. But of course... La Bartemont wasn't in this thing for justice, so he politely told her to fuck off. Hmm.
1: Yeah, dude, by then it was too late. Everybody was too fucking horny for death. I will say, though,
0: technically not too late. (laughs) At any point they could have just stopped doing this. Grandier is still alive. Mm -hmm. They could just be like, "All right, thank you for the new evidence has come to thank you. New evidence
3: has come to light. We're going to let him go." Yeah, and the the trial hadn't even begun at this point. This was still all pre trial stuff. So I don't think it is too late. It's not too late. Okay, Uh, but still, I mean, these guys had an agenda and they were going to carry it through. Absolutely. So Sister Jen walked out to the convent yard in the pouring rain, stripped down to her undergarments, and tried hanging herself from a tree in the garden and was saved only when the other nuns came to her rescue and of course this suicide attempt was taken as even more proof that the devil had taken hold of sister Jin. oh after that though sister Jin started to lash out at the people of Loudon. now had this been about more than just the death of Urbain grandier this is the point of the witch hunt where dozens more people could have ended up dead but thankfully there was only one further casualty, and even then, it didn't end in death. Sister Jen accused Grandier's secret wife, Madeline Bru, of witchcraft. Mm. And while she was eventually freed, she ended up having to do what else but join a convent. And disappeared into a nunnery forever oh my oh. goodness
0: the accusation sunk her mm-hmm.
1: i also did get did get some response from people asking if nuns did as much scissoring as i thought they did in convents and a lot of nuns uh, i guess they just kind of refused to answer
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think that they do henry yeah. i think that you have a very i don't know pornographic view <laughs> Of what a convent is. That's
1: the only view I have of it, because I've never <laughs> seen inside of a real one, and I just don't know. You know, I'm uneducated.
0: I don't know. We used to have a couple of nuns at my Catholic school, Sister Susan Bundy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very interesting. She ate. She ate a lot of snack foods during class and picked her nose and ate it. That's she really did that. Yeah. I don't even know if I should say her name. <laughs> she really did pick her nose
3: and what,
1: eat do it. Do you think in the she'll snap awake in her casket and be like, "Oh, she's still around"?
3: Oh. Anyway, well, Jen didn't just stop at Madeleine Dubru. She said that the men of Loudon were kissing the devil's rump on the Sabbath, <laughs> the women were fornicating <laughs> with incubi, and all over town, sorcerers were causing impotence in young men on their wedding nights. Oh. And it was Grandier who was ejaculating into the tiny air holes of the bricked-up window of his attic cell and that his magic cum would fly all around town to reward the witches and warlocks of Le with his favor. Hell
0: yeah. Like when you're walking uh, down a street in New York City and you feel a drop of water hit your head (laughs) and then you look up and it's an AC unit, like on the fifth floor, but in this case it's it's his cum. It's his cum. Yeah, there's just a guy
1: just standing on top of the AC unit going like... Hello, Mr. Gissel. Huge <laughs> fan
3: of the podcast. Drop.
1: <laughs> I just got Spider-Man.
3: <laughs> in other words, Grandier was fucked. Oh, my. In fact, once his preliminary trial was over, his execution was seen as such a foregone conclusion that 30,000 people showed up in Loudon hoping to see Grandier burn. The only person who didn't think Grandier was fucked was Grandier.
0: Buddy, at some point he needs a friend to just be like, you know, things aren't
1: looking great for you right now. You are truly, completely fucked. He's like, it's like, no, no. I have an incredible closer. Wait till they <laughs> see this bit that I do about how, I, again, airplanes are amazing. If you could just even imagine what it's like. But the seats are so small. And the captain's so calm, even though he's flying through the air. Isn't
0: that wild? Successful French comedy continues.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Grandier still thought that the Whole thing had just been one big misunderstanding. And once he got in his day in court, he'd straighten everything out. That's the last.
0: When when it's all been a misunderstanding, are your last words? It's
2: right. <laughs> no, this is <just> a misunderstanding. <laughs> I am just like, beat certain.
1: you. That is going to be your last word. This <laughs> I is all see a you misunderstanding. Did. You struggling against people going towards the chair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but on the day of the trial, After all the evidence was read and Grandier began making his grand speech in defense of the charges against him, he saw that the judges appointed to his case weren't paying a goddamn bit of attention. Hmm. According to Huxley, they were whispering to each other, laughing, picking their noses, doodling with their quills. Yeah,
1: Marcus, we know because we've pitch shows to oh, television yeah. networks, and we know the look. Yeah. We know yep. the the look through you towards the clock in another office. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we
0: are not attractive. We're not young. Um, no. I don't even understand why they met with us, most yep. of those places. Yep. TBS, very funny indeed. Uh, didn't seem to like our sense of humor very much. But
3: First poop of the day.
0: Did I
1: tell you that I was recently back in TBS? Oh, were you really? And I did it again. <laughs> oh, I, my. I did it on of fight. I did it to show Dave. <laughs> oh, man, it was That's
0: fun. fun. See, it sunk, it sunk another meeting.
1: Yep. <laughs> I love it.
0: First poop of the day. Yep. Starter logs. Starter log. There you go. That's kind of a... a ins- I think we explained that story on a back episode. I so think we did. I think yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, it's just... It was just... Someone mentioned starter logs in a TV pitch meeting, and Henry said, that's what I call the first poop of the day. First poop of the day, <laughs> And then he t- And then he told the TV executive that he looked like Ted Bundy. And he that was right. the end of it. He did. Well, I, don't I don't want to go back to <laughs> the story. I told
0: a very innocuous joke about how you give me a starter log we and I can start a fire. And then you said, I, you know what I call the first <laughs> log of the day?
3: First yeah. starter log, first poop of the day. Hey, by the way, yeah. anyone ever told you you look like Ted Bundy? Yeah. You know, this is great.
1: Hey, this man, meeting, what do you want from you know? me? <laughs> we were pitching a. Th- we like, it's us. It's I know. Us.
0: It literally was the closest thing to Tommy Boy, where it's just like, do you validate? <laughs> <laughs> you guys in the keel quarter puking his guts out. <laughs>
3: Well, it was in the moment the Grandier was making his speech and staring at everybody, laughing, picking their nose, not giving a shit. It was in that moment the Grandier finally accepted that he was well and truly fucked. Oh. And he was. The verdict was unanimous. Grandier was to be tied to the stake and burned alive, after which his ashes were to be scattered to the four winds.
1: uh, And I tell you what, uh, this is the only time I've heard being tied to a stake as being bad news. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Uh, I I will go to my death with another bombed attempt at humor. That one almost saved your
0: life, though. Almost saved your life. That was quite funny if you think about steak as a food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a
1: play upon words. You (laughs) see, steak and steak are homonyms. And, well, airplane bathroom, I will not be removed.
0: Anyway, that is a really funny bit. I just told my cousin Carlos Mencia (laughs) that joke,
3: and he said he's going to use it in his next HBO special, so... (laughs) Well, just being burned at the stake would have been bad enough. But the judges also decided to subject Grangier to the question, both ordinary and extraordinary. Ooh, what's that? What that meant was that Grangier was to be heavily tortured before his sentence was carried out in order to elicit a full confession using both torture and super torture.
1: Once again, guys, I do think this is a misunderstanding. Just want to <laughs> let you know. Uh, so d- what kind of screams you'll think you'll make? When we pierce you again and again.
3: Now, the night before Grandier received his sentence, he'd come to terms with how fucked he truly was. And he'd gone through a bit of a spiritual change. Mm. He'd realized that he'd been a bit of an asshole in his life. Oh. And while he knew he didn't deserve to be burned at the stake for it, he certainly hadn't helped himself much by talking shit about powerful people and getting his best friend's daughter pregnant. Oh, how I wish
1: I did not go on Howard Stern. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was just an asshole.
0: Nowadays, we would just give him uh, an AM radio show, and he would be like the number one disc jockey
1: in Texas. Yeah. He would make an apology appearance on Joe Rogan and be fine. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, he did know that he would die, but he also had faith that when he was sent before the Heavenly Father for judgment, his soul would be clean. Mm. But in order for his soul to be clean, Grandieri could not... And would not confess to anything he didn't do. Did I bed countless widows and chambermaids and peasant girls? Yes! Did I seduce my best friend's teenage daughter, get her pregnant, then abandon her? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> Did I consort with the devil to possess a convent of nuns for no real reason? Hmm. Absolutely not. He doesn't pay his invoices. (laughs) Okay. So he went two out of three. Two out of three. And while you might think a lot of people went to the stake defiant like Urbain Grandier, you'd be wrong. Mm. Some certainly did. But even Father Galfredi, who was executed 20 years earlier for pretty much the same thing as Urbain Grandier, signed a full confession before being burned. Mm. Mostly, this confession after the trial was a way for the church and the state to cover their ass. Mm -hmm. It was relatively easy to go to the stake still protesting your innocence if you just went from the courtroom to the fire. But if the sentence required a little stop at the torture chamber beforehand, most people ended up signing the confession that they were, in fact, a witch just so they can make their last moments on Earth a little more comfortable, which is totally understandable.
0: Ooh, absolutely. Look, we toured the Torture Museum in Naples,
1: and that is some scary stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you know maybe it'll end early, and then you can be done with it. But I will I say know. that's one thing about Urbain Grandier, is that he definitely stuck by his guns. Like, if he was, a, in his, in many ways, he was a bad dude. But in many ways, he was an enlightened man. Like he Mm. understood, like he did some good for Ludon besides just sticking it in the bush. He was also like, he was the center of essentially new modern thought, trying to teach people how to like drag people from the medieval times to the modern times. But um, that gets you killed. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. my favorite little torture device
0: that they had. Not the worst torture device. You don't die, but if you were found for if you were found guilty of public drunkenness over and over again, they made you wear a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) You would love it. I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have even covered my crotch. It was very tight. But I think the worst one is like the horse one, where they put the weights on your ankles and you sit on that like triangle thing. The Spanish
3: donkey. (laughs)
1: We were in Tulum, go see into some ruins, and those are also some tiny people. The old Italians were tiny people. That oh, barrel yeah. would cover their entire family. Oh, mm.
3: absolutely. Yeah, the anal pair was also particularly bad. Yeah, mm. they would heat it up. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The thing is about Urbain Grandier is that he was not going to confess to jack shit. Mm. Now, in other cases, it might not have been so bad, but in this case, the Cardinal and L'Aubardement Needed that fucking confession. If Grandier confessed, the ends would justify the means and it would provide further precedent for future inquisitions, mm. thereby securing the cardinal's power. If Grandier didn't confess, then it was all for naught. In other words, Grandier was in for a really terrible fucking day. Yikes.
1: All right, guys, fucking hold yourselves,
0: because this is a bad sunday afternoon <laughs> this, this is where it gets a little nasty
3: yeah okay the torture is about to commence first la bardemont ordered grandier to be completely shaved from head to toe even removing his eyebrows well that's physically embarrassing guys it's not so much like i just i just I, not painful when just
1: you remove my curls from my bottom and my top I appear to be a giant, hard infant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that was a part of it,
3: you know, is to make him look like a clown. Like, right, completely right. removing his eyes. I mean, it's to make him look as ridiculous as humanly possible. Mm. If you don't have any eyebrows, you look weird. No, that's not true. We have a lot of listeners without eyebrows, and we love them.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean. I love them, <laughs> with <laughs> no eyebrows.
3: You I don't mind no
1: eyebrows. I Eyebrows don't show up in pictures of me at night because mm. like, my eyebrows are very faint so I do look like an evil egg-headed man <laughs> well I gotta
0: say and this is a question for I don't know ev- people who study evolution why do we even got the eyebrows in the
3: first place they're extremely essential they keep sweat out
0: of
1: your eyes that's what they're there for but you don't sweat a lot, Kessel, unless you're under pressure from the government. So
0: <laughs> well, I understand. I don't, I don't, no, do they eyebrow- really keep the sweat out of your eyes? Yeah.
1: Eyebrows they keep sweat out of your eyes. That's why we have them. Uh, they collect mites. 50/50. They collect mites, and they also, they used to connect to our hairline. Yeah, I know. That was the <laughs> whole point.
0: I don't think we need the, the eyebrows. That's all I'm going to say. Shave your eyebrows. Do it. Shave your eyebrows. Do I'll it. Lose so I'll lose them. Yeah, I'll lose my eyebrows it. at some point when I get older.
3: <laughs> well, at the official shaving La had also wanted to remove Grangier's fingernails. Ooh. He's like, yeah, you shaved him? All right, take his fingernails off. That's not hair, sir. But the guy that was tasked with the shaving said, if you want his fingernails taken, you take
1: them. Ooh. Yeah, because I got a union break in about 15 <laughs> minutes, and then I got another union break after that. So yeah. that really is not work. I'm over
3: now. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that was uh, too much for Bardemar. He's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Just fucking whatever. Just move him along. Okay. Well, we're
1: going to burn him, so let's just fucking get on with
3: it. Yeah. All right. So, Grandier was given 15 minutes to make his peace with God before he was put to the question.
1: Okay, Gold. How about this? How about this? Um, oh, oh, God. Women drive carriages far more erratic than men drive carriages. And isn't it interesting if you fought? In an elevator? How rude is that, God? Is that funny?
0: Very funny.
1: <laughs> oh, is that TBS?
0: <laughs> First poop of the day.
1: First poop God. of the
0: day. Well, honestly, good stuff. Different carriage drivers. Different.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Then, when the clock struck the appointed time, Grandier was bound and stretched out on the floor in front of the executioner. Ugh. <sighs> There, the executioner, La Bardemont, three exorcist monks, and eight other spectators introduced Grandier to the boot. What's the boot? (laughs) The boot was a particularly inventive form of torture in which the legs would be tightly encased in four wooden boards. The outer pair of boards stayed prone, while the two inner boards were free to move. Hmm. The torture came when wooden wedges of increasing size were hammered in between the boards, slowly crushing the bones in the victim's legs and feet. These are not easy things to come up with.
0: <laughs>
2: what
1: about no.
0: just trying to get the uh, get an automobile, just... get an engine in a car? Why focus on torture devices They've so much? They
1: literally could have just cut his toes off. Yeah. They could could just call a clip, 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 but you know. They could have found a way to
0: make, a, I don't know, sliced bread. Yeah. It didn't happen until the 1900s. 1927 I think. Come on! <laughs> why do, Why is it that human human nature is to only invent things when it's like, we can
3: hurt someone with that? Uh-huh. It's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But before they were to start the torture, the priests had to exercise everything. The ropes, the boards, the wedges, the mallets, all of it had to be sprinkled in holy water to drive the devils out lest the devils give Grenzi any comfort
2: oh.
3: well after they exercised everything mm. the first wedge was placed between the knees Ooh. and the executioner brought down the hammer with a swift blow instantly shattering Grandier's kneecaps Ooh. Grandier screamed and Priest asked if he would confess but Grandier refused no,
2: <laughs> no!
3: <laughs> that's incredible Yeah. then came the feet. Again, a wedge was placed in the proper spot. But if you were hammering in these wedges, you could either do it in one swift motion Mm. or you could do it slowly. So this time, the executioner broke Grandier's feet slowly, tap, Mm. tap, 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 tapping it until his feet were crushed
0: What do you think is better there,
3: slow or fast? Fast!
1: You think so? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Isn't it it funny? (laughs) You might as well sign your checks over to your wife so she can directly put them into her bank account.
0: That is a good one. Carlos Mencia, did you write that down? I did. All right.
3: Then came another wedge in another place, and another, and another, and another. Eight wedges in all, each one thicker than the last, until damn near every bone from the femur to the toes were shattered. In Huxley's words... Their splinters projected through the mangled flesh, and, along with the blood, there was an ooze of marrow. But still, the friars could exhort no admission of guilt, only that screaming, and, in the intervals, the whispered name of God.
2: Fucking
0: At some point, do you just go numb? Like how much? You like don't when it a comes shock. to this Yeah, the shock, right? Yeah.
3: Because I mean, people. I just. I think I would have passed out already. Mm-hmm. Easy. But now, after all eight wedges were used, that officially ended the ordinary part of the torture. Mm. But La and the priests wanted more. So they ordered the executioner to go to the storeroom to find more wedges for the purpose of extraordinary torture.
0: And now DeSilly will enter. He will do a thing called tickle torture. (laughs) That's what he...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I stopped
3: with the little teats. (laughs) But when the executioner came back with just two more wedges that were no thicker than the ones that they'd already used. It It sounds like a bunch of... It sounds, a bunch of, it sounds like a bunch of
1: ladies on a beach vacation looking for the shoes. This is crazy. <laughs> Who was on wedge
3: supply? No, well, usually they only do eight. It's like eight's enough. That's extraordinary torture because they did actually have certain guidelines set out. It's like eight, what's extraordinary? Or what's ordinary torture? Eight, what's extraordinary? And eh, two more. They need yeah, to fire
0: the manager. That's a failed <laughs> inventory check right there. You got to make sure they have enough wedges. Yeah,
3: well, he came back with two more. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't good enough, so La uh, and the monks, they started brainstorming as to how they were going to keep this thing going. And they saw that they could fit just a couple more wedges into the vi- into the device by replacing wedge number seven at the knee mm. with wedge number eight down at the ankle. It's like Tetris for yeah. sociopaths. <laughs> then they decided to get in on the action themselves. Taking the hammer from the executioner, Father Lectantz, Inserted his wedge and started hammering, and with each blow he yelled "Dicas, Dicas," which means "Tell me" in Latin. God,
1: that's so much fun! I, I you know what I would almost say is because like, I, I, I wonder if it's yelling or if it's one of its like. Tikas. Tikas na. Oh, God.
0: My goodness. He just wanted him to
1: talk, mm-hmm. huh? He's just screaming. Why uh, is the volume of commercials so much louder than the television <laughs> that show? That's a good point. television is a magic box with the plays are so- <laughs> inside of them.
3: <laughs> that is a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, after Father Lactance was finished, he handed the mallet over to Father Tranquille, who was able to drive the final wedge into the device in only three strokes. Hmm. And still, over the entirety of the 45-minute-long ordeal, Grandier had not confessed. You could just
1: see him just going like... I'm not going to fucking tell you shit. I'm not telling you nothing. Here's just like him squirming as just like a, his legs just looking like fucking piles of ragu attached to his thighs.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, I mean, he's sticking to his guns here, though.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I respect him for that. Well, Grandier was then taken out of the boot and dragged to a bench where he was laid down, not to rest. But to be harangued by Lau Bardemont. What's a haranguing? Is <laughs> <laughs> it bothering him? Oh, just
0: bothering yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. So now he's just gonna go from getting his legs, ankles, kneecaps busted to just being aggravated? Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem like a that's just, that's not a lateral move when no. it comes to torture
1: no, but it doesn't leave it definitely is the thing of him putting putting his finger like right above his forehead and going, "I'm not touching you <laughs> I'm not touching you
0: and now the true torture you will go into a room alone with Holden
1: McNeely
0: <laughs> from Wizard and the Bruiser.
1: You will oh, be. <laughs> Henry, I ate one of your free sandwiches that you left in the fridge of the studio. It was, like, kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put me back in the boot! Put me back
3: in the boot! For two hours, Barnemont tried to get Grandier to confess. But Grandier, who was pretty much just in shock at this point still refuse.
0: so he's literally just like sorcerer says what yeah Sor- <laughs> sorcerer says what
1: what oh is that a confession what it's a funny idea on a funny trick a fine,
3: no that's gonna be a no from me dog <laughs> so la uh, bardemont said "Deal with it just burn the son of a bitch oh, i don't care anymore wow oh yeah now, the other part of Grandier's sentence was that he had to stop at both his own church and at the nunnery to beg God and the people for forgiveness. And La Bartemont thought this would be a nice bit of PR, showing the people what an evil man Grandier had been by showing just how contrite he could be, because La Bartemont thought that the boot would break Grandier. Mm-hmm. But instead, People just saw Grandier as broken and bloody, but still somehow charmingly defiant do you see
1: how they turned my feet into pasta I was <laughs> 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 just dragging him back and forth with these two fucking like squiggly legs. Yeah, wouldn't they do the walk
3: and confession thing before they broke his legs? No, they didn't. Wa- they uh, put him up in a horse cart and then took him there. Uh, and that's the thing, is that when he was plopped down in front of his old church because he had no knees on which to kneel, a friend pushed through the crowd and embraced him. You know what they say, my good friend. No knees
1: is good, niece. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I love it. So he's
0: being carted around like Marlon Brando from the <laughs> island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. Just
3: pale and broken. Well, uh, Bardemont thought that the crowd was going to be in a frenzy upon seeing Grandier, that the soldiers would, had to keep, would have to keep them from lynching their former parson. But instead, the crowd was only moved by a display of loyalty and friendship. Hmm. Then, when they got to the convent, Grandier refused to ask forgiveness of Sister Jeanne and the other nuns, because mm. he said he'd never done them any harm whatsoever, and he could only pray that God would forgive them. Whoa.
0: Yeah. He flipped it. Yeah. Interesting. Put them on trial.
3: That's what my
1: mom does. Yeah. That's my mom, yeah.
3: <laughs> then, they came to St. Croix Square, the site of the execution. 6,000 people had managed to fit into a space meant for half that many, with some of them hanging out windows or sitting on roofs. It was so crowded that it took half an hour for the guards to bring Grandier a hundred yards through the crowd. Now, the stake itself was 15 feet high, and around the base were piled layers of logs, bundled sticks, and straw. But since Grandier could no longer stand because his legs were destroyed... They had to fasten an iron seat a couple of feet above the firewood.
0: Oh God! And Grandier's last joke, of course, was, "Oh, is that a starter log in that fire there?"
3: That's going to be interesting to know what I call That's a starter That's what I call
1: look. my first poop of the day. But again, they were like, Kill "That's him! incredible!" Boom! Incredible! Uh,
3: after the seat was fashioned, Grandier was lifted up and lashed to the post. Ooh! Behind him was the church where he had served for years. And when he looked up, he saw right in front of him the home of Louis Trinquant, his former best friend. So Trinquant. Cannon Mignon and a few of Grandier's other enemies had decided to make a day of Grandier's execution.
0: Let's make a day of it. Let's make a day
3: of it. <laughs> Theme it. They were having a party in Trinquant's drawing room, which overlooked the square, and they were all drunk on wine, oh laughing triumphantly, and waving at Urbain Grandier. Honestly,
1: I
0: would. that would have been fun.
1: <laughs>
3: the way to flip
1: it is that, again, you go like... Isn't this crazy? (laughs) Is this how we're seeing each other again? Isn't this just the way it would have been? You know?
3: (laughs) Now there was some mercy attempted. The captain of the guard, a man named LaGrange, believed in Grandier's innocence. He'd promised Grandier two things. Grandier would be allowed to speak before sentence was carried out, and he would be strangled to death before being burned. But LaGrange didn't count on the exorcists. Father Tranquille, Father Lactance, and another priest named Father Archangel.
1: Whoa, <laughs> it <was> from X Men! <laughs> Come on,
3: yeah. These guys had followed close behind Grandier's procession and were now exercising everything from the wood to the executioner himself. Grandier tried to speak, as was promised, but Father Tranquille struck him in the mouth with an iron crucifix. Mm. And all the time, Father Lactance was yelling, "Dicas, Dicas!" He told Grandier to confess again and again, saying that he had only a moment to live. And to that, Grandier said,
1: Only a moment. Only a moment, and then I go to that just and fearful judgment to which, Reverend Father, you too must soon be caught.
3: And with that, Father Lactance took it upon himself to begin the proceedings, and he lit the straw for the pyre. Following his lead, another priest set fire on the other side, and the execution unofficially began. Mm. Grandier called out to LaGrange, asking him if this was what he had promised. But LaGrange hadn't been paying attention to the priests, so when he saw that they'd set fire without his say-so, he started trying to stamp out the fires so he could keep his
1: promise. But the thing is, he kept setting fire to his super-long beard, and his double guitars on his belt (laughs) would get in the way.
3: (laughs) But as soon as one fire was stamped out, there was another priest behind LaGrange setting another flame. Mm. So knowing that it was a lost cause, LaGrange figured he could at least make good on his promise to strangle Grandier to give a little mercy. But when he got to the noose, he found that the priests played a little prank. They'd knotted the rope so it couldn't be used. Now that's good humor. (laughs) That's (laughs) funny. Now that is fun. (laughs) By the time LaGrange got the knots undone, Grandier was being fully consumed by the flames. It
0: sounds like the first version of the whack-a-mole game, <laughs> it does. but instead of moles, it's just a bunch of fires you're trying to put out to save <laughs> someone that you believe is innocent.
1: It does. And I have about seven more ZZ Top jokes that I haven't added to this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We'll do an uncle corner at the end. You can just
3: bust them all out. And as the fire grew larger and larger and Grandier began screaming, the priests entered a chanting exorcistic ecstasy, which only stopped when Grandier started coughing. Not content to let Grandier suffocate as people usually did when they were burned at the stake, Father Lactance used holy water to control the fire enough where he could keep smoke from entering Grandier's lungs. Oh, God. And it worked. There was one final scream, then silence. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I don't know
2: it.
3: It was thought that Grandier was dead, but suddenly words began coming from the charred, blackened thing still tied to the stake. Oh, it's like the end of uh, Chucky. Yeah. What is it? Uh, yeah. And as his last words. Child's play. Yeah. And as his last words, Grandier said.
1: Forgive my enemies.
3: Then the rope which had bound Grandier to the stake gave way. He tumbled forward. And died there on the hot coals, with exorcists still chanting while flinging holy water on his burning body. That's how you
1: gotta go out,
3: dude. Wow, okay. Once the fire burned out, the executioner scattered four shovelfuls of ashes to each point on the compass. Then the crowd surged forward to pick through the remains, hunting for teeth- bone fragments, or burned flesh to use as a holy relic.
0: It's like catching a baseball at a baseball game? Yeah, dude. is, is. that what they
3: were doing? Did the you... kid was like, I want that tooth, but then an old man grabbed it before him and didn't give it to him? Dude, and it works yep. either way. It doesn't matter whether you think he's innocent or guilty, because if, you're, if he's innocent, then you got the holy relic of a martyr. If he's guilty, you got the holy relic of a witch.
0: But either way, you're siphoning
1: through human remains in coal, <laughs> and coal on a street in France. Yes. Okay. I appreciate how they were just straight up with what they wanted. And they weren't pretending, being like, this is just to preserve the memory of (laughs) Urbain Grandier. Like, no, it was very much, but not, give it me, I want his guts, I I want his guts. You You can maybe get nails and
0: you can get teeth. Everything else is pretty much burnt. I guess you can get some flesh. You can get
3: teeth, uh, skull fragments usually, because the skull's pretty thick, yeah, yeah, bones. You can get fragments, things like that. Okay. Then, the next day... The priests actually did a post-game with the devils that were still possessing Sister Jin. They
0: brought John Gruden in, he wrote it yeah. up on the board, he did yeah, a little it was two. Yeah.
3: They reported that Satan had been frustrated by the exorcist's efforts, because if the priests hadn't been there, and hadn't sprinkled everything with holy water, then Grandier would have felt nothing. But thanks oh. to father's lactance, tranquil, and archangel, mm. Grandier... Suffered immensely every step of the way. And so that's good or bad? Good. That's That's good. good. Okay. Yeah. Strangely, though, the men involved in the execution began dying mysterious deaths soon after. Lactance was supposedly filled with demons himself, haunted by the screams of Grandier under torture. Hmm. Exactly one month after Grandier's execution, Father Lactance knocked a crucifix out of the hand of a priest and died of a fever. Oh, Hmm. Then, shortly after Lactance died, the surgeon who had conspired against Grandier died after supposedly seeing Urbane's naked ghost.
1: Hello, wake up, wake up. Can you see my phantom, Wiener? <laughs> I'm a grower, not a shower!
0: <laughs> well he's making him laugh in in the afterlife.
3: That's what I matters.
1: got him finally you got one him. little smile.
3: Father Tranquille, he lasted a few more years, but he died horribly as well. He was stricken by a stomach ailment supposedly caused by demons, and it was written that after days and days of vomiting, quote He was vomiting filth and stinks so in support. The barrel.
1: That his attendants had to throw them out without delay. So fearfully was the room infected by them.
3: Ooh. Fittingly, though, at Father Tranquil's funeral, people also rushed his casket for a chance at a holy relic, smashing the coffin and ripping his clothes from his body. It was only the guards present who kept the spectators from ripping apart Father Tranquil's corpse. Mm. And of course, Grandier's death did nothing to alleviate the good sisters of Ludon. Sister Jeanne even had a false pregnancy that she tried to cut out of herself and baptize before she smothered the devil baby, because of course abortion's wrong.
0: It sounds like she did a all very violent version of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yes. right before she she was sitting there, she had cut a hole in her chemist. Uh She was about to fucking slice her stomach open to pull the baby out, but she was supposedly stopped at the last minute by a vision of Jesus. Okay. And the false pregnancy did disappear after Sister Jen vomited up a whole bunch of blood, but she was still trotted out day after day still saying fuck me fuck me over and over again in public exorcisms i mean it's, now it's just her bit
1: she yeah. just has this thing on lockdown she yeah. knows what to do she, that is what you do you get you get your show together and you go on the road with it yeah. she knows what she was doing mm-hmm. you're a hunchback you're kind of sexy you're getting out there i honestly you know more power to her yeah well not quite more
0: power to her <laughs> she
1: is
3: less power she did get a man murdered yeah
1: Eh, uh, you know.
3: <laughs> it was back in the day. No no one was innocent then. Yeah, could be. Eventually, though, people started to lose interest, and it was only after a demon named Zabulon appeared to Sister Jin was she given the secret to make it all end. Zabulon told her that he would only leave, and all of the demons mm-hmm. would only leave, if Sister Jin visited the tomb of St. Francis de Sales. In Italy. And so, after a nice vacation to Italy, the demons left. <laughs> so she, hold on, she
0: just got a vacation to Italy? Yeah. This yeah. dude got burnt at the stake and his legs broken from the kneecaps down, and she got a
3: vacation like she won wheel. Yeah, 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 she took a nice vacation to Italy, the demons left, and she was troubled no more.
0: Oh, my God. So she has the greatest out of all the stories. Yeah.
3: <sighs> as far as the other players went, most faded into history, except Cardinal Richelieu, he played a huge part in French history. He was also played by Tim Curry in that uh, terrible Three Musketeers movie with Oliver Platt. we don't remember that one.
0: Yeah, We don't remember (laughs) that Tim Curry vehicle.
3: Yeah, the one where everyone had uh, English accents except Oliver Platt, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, and Charlie Sheen. I think that's
0: my favorite when they just hire actors. Like, uh, what was the guy who played James Bond, the Irish dude? Remember, it was older. Daniel Craig. Not Daniel Craig. Pierce Brosnan. No, not Pierce
1: Brosnan. Jacob Raguda. I don't
0: know. But anyway, he never changes his accent. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
1: Uh, But, you know, and I also say Oliver Platt was the one because Jackie, my sister Jackie, she always had the crush on the off one. Yeah. So she was crushed. She crushed on Lance Bass. I want to say she crushed on the other dude with the weird lined up chin hair.
3: Well, from I think
1: from Backstreet, the other guy. And then Jackie was sexually obsessed with Oliver Platt from that
3: movie. (sighs) From that one in particular.
1: Yeah.
0: I believe it. Oh, I was thinking of Sean Connery. Uh, Sean Connery. The, oh, yeah, the most famous, famous James Irish. Bond of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah Scottish. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. He always has that accent. I could see Oliver Platt and Jackie getting along in real life. I'm sure he lives in Los Angeles. And Jackie is, by the way, we have to plug Jackie here at the end of this episode when it comes to the sausage championship she's looking to get. But I have some info on that. You, you just messed it please. all up.
1: Yeah. you I just fucking about. messed it all up.
3: As far as Urbain Grandier went, it's likely he probably would have been just as happy to not go down in history at all just live in his life as a small town fancy free priest until the end of his days Mm. but as it was Urbain Grandier stands as a lesson as to how powerful mass delusion can be when it's put in the hands of truly evil men with absolute power absolutely wow awesome there it is devil of devils of Ludon
0: there it is that was great what an interesting history lesson Uh, some good
1: humor as well I love this shit. I love Exorcist. Yeah. And all of this stuff. I wish... I want to find a real one, though. One day. One day we'll find a good, solid... Real possessions case.
0: But that's a great lesson, though, to take away from all of this. And mass hysteria happens all the time. And we're living in a world of mass hysteria now, maybe even more so than they had back then, because now it's global, Mm. which isn't that nice. Yeah. Well, well,
1: yeah, now we have these programming machines that we call our phones that are all built upon uh, algorithms that are built to hypnotize us and convince us of absolutely everything. We're constantly inundated by all of the various uh, advertising agents that are essentially just now wings of the government that uh convinces to buy their products in order to feel whole spiritually and psychically i'm mm-hmm. sorry
0: i wasn't listening henry i got a text message from q he's
1: actually <laughs> texting me now i signed it up it's only 99 cents
0: for me to get the text so it's not a scam it's not a scam yeah. um awesome great episode guys so so much so much fun um so we have, to, we're going to be on the road. Yeah. So whole we had, we had a whole bunch of shows to do on the road. I mentioned Jackie Zabrowski. Uh, this is true. Jackie wants to be the, um, National Sausage and Hot Dog Council's hot dog ambassador.
3: Yes. Regional so, hot dog ambassador. Regional hot dog ambassador.
0: So go to hot, hot slash. No, hot-dog.org and vote for Jackie. I talked about this on Top Hat this week. She's got some stiff competition. She does. I think the guy's name is Beeman, Beesman or something like that, who's in the West. So hope-
1: I'm really afraid for her nitrate intake, <laughs> but I understand that it's a ceremonial position and hopefully she could do a lot more posing with hot dogs yep. and just more of just the celebration that hot dogs are a fun smoothie of meat and anything should be allowed to go in there. Absolutely.
0: Hot-dog.org. Uh,
1: Speaking of us on the road, we have like most of our shows have been sold out. Thank you, Satan, for your gifts. But they- we got some tickets available. We got tickets in Vancouver. We got tickets in Salt Lake City. If you're in Salt Lake City, get your ass to the show. Yeah, Please. motivate people to come see our bullshit. We're gonna have a good time. You get them out there, you get them dancing. We're going to burn a church down. No, we're not. We're not no, going to no, no, burn that, a church that down. It's a big-ass church
0: they got there. Yeah. It's a pretty famous one. Um, but, yeah, just tell them a wedding's going on. Uh, <laughs> if I know anything about Salt Lake City, a lot of weddings, because everyone is dying uh, to have sex, and you have to get married to do it according to the faith. So, mm-hmm. there you go.
3: Yeah, we're going to be going to Salt Lake City on May 19th uh, and Vancouver on May 30th. Cannot wait to see
0: everybody on the road. Thank you all so much for giving to our Patreon. Without you we don't exist. We're like the Green Bay Packers. We're owned by the fans. We're all family here at Last Podcast Network, so thank you so much for giving to our Patreon. If you want to listen to... We got, uh, Henry and I do a, a small little interview series. we got some fun interviews on there, um, so feel free to listen to those. Enjoy them. Uh, top Hat is Everything Political, Page 7, Wizard of the Bruiser. Uh, the Story Must Be Told. Check out all the shows here on the LPN Network um, or LP Network um, because it's not Last Podcast Network network. Huh. You never thought, Huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so thank you all so much for the support. All the shows are doing so well and, um, yeah, and every time I, I get a lot of DMs on my Ben Kissel one on Instagram and they'll be like I just checked out whatever and it's actually really good. And I'm like, yeah, all the shows are good.
1: Yeah. So check them very- out. Well, thank you guys for your continued support and hail Satan. Uh, hail yourselves everyone. Hail Geen. Magustalations! Hail me because I'm very somber from a honeymoon and now the, the burn has gone away and now I'm just itching. Yep, and now
0: you're just married.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I
0: love it. And don't go with the flow. Everyone says go with the flow. No. You can be relaxed mm-hmm. but you don't have to go with the flow all the time because sometimes it leads to people being burnt at a stake for no reason.
1: Choo-choo. Be a reed in the storm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
3: The Living Room is where you make life's most beautiful memories.